0: He likes to singa
1: about the, the moon, the moon and a juna and the springa. He the likes to, to singa about, about a sky so blue. I love you. I love, love it. I love to sing. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I'm in an Al Johnson mood because we saw two. Well, one being a cult classic, the other one no one's ever heard of.
0: Well, hold up. You said... Owl Johnson so you're talking about The little owl in the Looney Tunes you know, and yes. I'm talking about Owl Joson, which I think that was what The character was based off of who Was around during the Amos and Andy Era who used to do blackface as Entertainment <laughs> Yeah <laughs> A little bit of a tidbit There so it looks like the Owl Josen is going to get a little bit of A, a cancel culture Oh no he, they, they haven't
1: found Him yet you just told oh. them.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of gave them a little bit of the uh, uh, slippery do there. But then again, didn't Jimmy Kimmel do Blackface as well and he's still got a TV show to this day?
1: Yeah, I think so. Did he? I don't remember. I forget. One of them did. I, it, it doesn't matter. Who the fuck cares? Don't worry. Hey, it's, wait till the peacock gets you like Kurt Angle's 2005 promos. He wants that bestiality sex. He's not a fan of the black people. I don't know, I, I do remember the bestiality, like, he said, Booker,
0: I want to have sex with your wife. <laughs> huh? Just regular kind, but uh, bestiality kind, you know? I mean, they'll probably keep in there him insulting the troops and saying that they, they're they're weak and they're uninspired. I forget what he said. He said, like, the, the troops are weak. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got gold medals. <laughs> they ain't got gold medals like him. I mean... Yeah, they, they, they're going at war to protect our freedoms, but they, they go into an amateur wrestling match with a broken neck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of like when. Uh, <laughs> I know we're off track here, but I remember when uh, it was Carlito's Cabana. You had Kurt Angle. You had Shawn Michaels. You had Carlito. You had Big Show. You had Edge, okay? Now, arguing who should be the next number one contender for John Cena's title. They're all arguing, right? And Carlito just stands there, and he's like, there's two things we could agree on. Edge, I don't think any of us in this ring would mind if McMahon fired you. And second, the only person that deserves a shot at the WWE title looks at Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's got got his arms crossed thinking, yeah. He goes, that's Carlito. And what makes this moment funny is that you've got Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, former world champion, bona fide Hall of Famer. Shawn Michaels' pedigree speaks for itself. Mr. WrestleMania has all these classic matches, former world champion, blah, blah, blah. Big Show, another former world champion, big imposing force, future Hall of Famer, this, that, and the other. Edge, who at the time had not won the world title yet. This is before he started becoming on his own. But he had the TLC matches, he was money in the bank, he had all of these things... Uh, accoladed to him to become a future world champion. What in the fuck did Carlito do to deserve a fucking world title shot out, out of all these guys? Enlighten me. I
1: mean, granted. The dude's cool. I can't remember what he was doing in 05 at that point. Let's see. He, may, he, just, he got drafted to Raw, won the IC belt. Mm-hmm. So maybe he feels like I debuted so I a title, so I deserve more. I, I don't know. And at the end of the day, he's a heel. So, of course, he, you know, he wants to put his ego in front of everybody else's. But that's what made it funny. His ego was so outrageous. He,
0: who still had yet to really prove himself. I'm talking on screen, kayfabe. He still had to prove himself. And he's saying that he deserves it more than all of these other guys who were pretty much having pedigrees of, of reasons that they deserved a title shot. Against John Cena. It was, to me, it was funny. It, it's like if James Ellsworth was in the ring with Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, uh, Randy Orton, uh, the, who the fuck else? Uh, Alberto Del Rio, saying he deserves a world title shot over these guys. <laughs> I know it's exaggerating. I mean, Carlito was protected a wee bit more than James Ellsworth, maybe not at the tail end of his run there. But he was protected way more than James Ellsworth. But the pool still stands.
1: And I guess I'm not sure how to transition into uh, one of our movie reviews. But since WWE is going to be on Peacock, and Peacock's editing a lot of the WWE content, I can tell you one film that they will never have on their app. And that is the 2013 film Vamp Bikers. Steve, get yourself some ice skates. Because you have nothing cold to look forward to. Um... That was one of the lines from the movie. What was this? I This was a 2013 independently made vampire film directed by Eric Spade Rivas, who also started it, who also wrote it, and who also edited it. Edited it. Ed- edited it. He legit
0: wrote this. Yes. He didn't randomly just decide to gather a bunch of people and just film a bunch of scenes. He actually wrote this down on a piece of paper.
1: Yes. I I would think he wrote this down on a piece of paper. There were some scenes where he probably told the actors to just say shit and make it sound funny. Uh, especially when it came to those two detectives. Okay. None of this movie made any sense to me at I all. I don't what the fuck was
0: going on. <laughs> That's why I asked you, did he really write this? Because it just felt like a bunch of random scenes smooshed together like you had one scene that said five years ago and then it was like one scene that okay maybe it happened five years ago but then another scene happens that felt like it was current day but they didn't show current day until maybe many scenes afterwards then they show a scene from many years ago that still looks like it was current day it was like i i couldn't make heads or tails of where this plot was going, what was happening, who I'm supposed to be invested in as a character. The only thing I remember from watching this was there were vampires, you get bet by one you become a vampire, and the one dude who got into an argument with his wife because his wife bought him a Speedo and didn't want to wear it and then he ended up wearing it anyways. And then the argument that they just had just, I guess, never fucking happened. Because ten seconds later, she walks back into the room and they're smiling and laughing.
1: They're smiling and then his partner shows up and he's wearing and he's wearing uh, his thong that his wife gave him. Okay. Uh, uh, I think the story is that there's like a war going on on the streets. And I, either it's a war between these vampires and this bike gang or these two separate like vampire groups wanting to take control of whatever territory. Coney Island, wherever where the hell this part of New York this is supposed to be. The
0: real war that's going on is the plot in my brain trying to cooperate here. Like, i, I that's the war.
1: Have you seen the film The Warriors?
0: I have. I like The Warriors. I pretty much enjoy The Warriors. In fact, that movie made
1: ten times more sense than this one. Well, you know what, well, the director is also a big fan of this, the Warriors, too, because he casted two of the actors from that movie into this. And it was uh-huh. the two actors from the Warriors. Uh, Dorsey Wright, you may remember him Let me get his character name. Uh, me, uh, as Cleon from the Warriors, he was the one that got killed off in the beginning. He was the uh, bald headed preacher. Then you got the character Snow, played by actor Ryan Taylor from the mm-hmm. Warriors, who's also in this. And so, Ryan Taylor was one of the vampire guys that showed up in that club scene.
0: So, so he just casted fun.
1: two people from the
0: Warriors on screen, but he couldn't cast a better writer for this,
1: or a better director, or a better editor.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't really make heads or tails with this movie because, again, it's just a, a bunch of scenes added together. It's like, it's not a movie. It's like, uh an hour and 30 minute rap video that uses the same beat in almost every scene.
1: And then the club scenes they just went on and on and on and then you got this guy yelling I can't hear fucking TV <laughs> why are you trying to watch TV at a club yeah
0: like I don't know Like I, I thought this was going to be a funny film but it wasn't funny I it wasn't interesting was
1: it had like I, a little moments that made me chuckle, but that was it. Last, the
0: last week's episode, Words of Salem, that was really bad. Like, it invoked a real negative reaction from me. This film didn't really invoke anything from me. I just power-napped like five minutes through the film because I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching. I'm watching something. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. He made two other films... After this, there's two other films we haven't seen yet. Yeah, he but, made two fucking sequels. And this film gave me no reason to watch those two. I have no care in the world to even tune into them. Because it's like, usually when a movie ends and they're going to make a sequel, you would want to like leave something there for me to want to... Like like a fishing hook with bait to hook me into the second film. Um, Harry Potter for me, is a perfect example of this. I love Harry Potter, because they always seem to throw... If you watch the first Harry Potter film, they don't really throw a hook in there to tell you there's a sequel. I mean, you know there is, if if you know there's a book series. But let's say you have no knowledge of the books whatsoever, no knowledge of the series whatsoever. Let's just say you just stumble upon Sorcerer's Stone. Granted, it doesn't signal the fact that there's a sequel at the end of the film. But, it leaves enough interest in there to where, when Chamber Secrets comes into your radar, you'd be interested to watch it. That's just me, personally. This movie, on the other hand, uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was literally somebody barfing on the screen scenes out of nowhere. It was random scenes. Oh, here's a piece of corn and a, and a piece of chicken that I ate last night. crumble to together. That's what this was. And I can't Make heads or tails of what
1: they were trying to get across Let me tell you some bullshit I'm on the IMDB of those movie Vamp- Vampikers The rating has a 6.7 out of 10 Bullshit Well, here's the thing How many people rated it?
0: One person Well, there you go If it's multiple people I would think that rating is much lower
1: Oh, and there's more this this there's only one review of this movie on this page from this one person who rated this a ten out of ten. I'm gonna read you this whole review. It's not; it's just a paragraph. The title paragraph. is "Vampires, Bikers, Zombies, and Witches," and I quote: "Recommend you watch the trilogy set in Brooklyn, New York, with tons of with lots of scenes in Coney Islands, real bikers too. Ooh, Eric Rivas has an amazingly creative mind." Sure to be cult classics. You may want to watch them more than once. That is the only review on this film. So let's well, go to the account that made this comment. Uh, the account made in 2013, I guess, or 2018, whatever. And he's only made one comment, and now it's the review of Vampires. I wonder he who made
0: some... that comment. He, he said, uh, <laughs> you need to watch these more than once. No, we don't. No, no we, we don't. don't. This is our, bullshit. <laughs> our brains can only function so much to take in that much bullshit.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying that. Set, I set in Brooklyn, New York, with lots of scenes featuring real bikers. It's almost like this guy who made th- was behind the scenes or something. Almost like he purposely made this comment just so hopefully people will watch his movie. And, and correct me if I'm wrong,
0: but Coney Island isn't. Plural, not Coney Islands. Coney well, it, Island.
1: Islands, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay, I butcher the <laughs> word.
0: Uh, I mean, <laughs> hey, to each your own. If you really love this film, all right, watch it as many times as you like. You like to see a lot of red and and sharp teeth, just out of nowhere, in the brink of an eye. Uh, listen, I'm gonna say something really controversial here. And even I'm ashamed to say it.
1: Oh, you got to piss I, on Spike friends.
0: Yeah, probably am. Because I've actually seen this, the only the first movie of this franchise as well, but I would rather watch Twilight than watch this <laughs> film. Yeah. <laughs> Twilight was at least easy for me to understand. It was hokey. It was dumb. It was what it was. What was it? A, a, a vampire that does not... A dissolve from the sun he just sparkles <laughs> it's stupid and then you have what was it uh, Taylor Lautner playing like a, a werewolf although he wasn't a werewolf in this film just yet who's like I will love you even when your heart stops beating I will never stop loving you I mean, it's hokey it's cheesy it's a girls flick it's a chick flick but it's easy for me to understand I, I can digest what they're trying to tell I can't fat them what he's tell this, this what is it, vamp bikers?
1: Yes. Okay. There's no words. I don't know. I'm pretty look, I'm pretty sure him and his friend, he really wanted to make something. I'm assuming the budget for this film was like twelve bucks. You probably had enough money this film to get uh gum from the gumball machine. That was the budget of this movie. I don't I don't know how he got these two actors from the Warriors. I mean, it's not like they, they went on to have a great, amazing careers. They must have been local. They must live around the area. Because I don't think he had the money to fly these guys over. Uh, he's obviously a huge mark of the Warriors. He's a marker from Dust Till Dawn. Because the poster for this film is quite misleading. Because it makes it look like it's set in the desert. But it's not. It's set in fucking New York City. The complete opposite. Yeah. God. The, the ending of this film. The flashbacks. He's, like, trying to make out with this blind girl, but when he hits on her, first he, like, he breathes on, like, the glass of, like, the bus stop that she's sitting at. He tries to hit on her, and then he goes back to, uh, breathe on the glass again and make, like, heart-shape and writes... So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What is he doing? Not is he be like, creepy about this when he's hitting? Correct me if I'm wrong, did the blind girl play any symbolism whatsoever in this movie? I think it was a symbol... I think his daughter or his ex-wife was blind... Or his daughter he had was blind. But then this new girl he's sitting on is also blind and he makes out with her. So was he making out with his do- I don't know. This passes for art, I guess? I, I can't make sense of this. I mean, there are other scenes I could pick out. I mean, there's the scene when the woman had the guy locked in the cage. I don't remember who that guy was. I don't know if we ever got a follow-up to that. I don't even know who the lady was. You just... It, it, like, when the movie starts,
0: I'm thinking to myself, okay... It looked like the plot was going to be pretty basic but understandable. You have these bikers and then you have these vampires and they're going to go to war or whatever. I'm thinking, okay, that sounds self-explanatory and all that, but it just it goes off into just like all these directions that you can't like fathom or make rhyme or reason with. Like, there's no consistency in this plot
1: whatsoever. Like, how, did the movie even end? It ended with stay tuned. Like
0: oh uh, I guess yeah, because we gotta watch uh oh they don't call it Vamp Bikers 2, they call it Vamp Bikers Dos and Vamp Bikers Tres. Like they, they think they're Green Day by naming their albums Uno, Dos Tres, all right? So Well
1: yeah, well, the director's Puerto Rican, so you know because
0: I'm Puerto uh, Rican too. Well guess what? Yeah, you may be Puerto Rican. Look, I'm I'm a poet, right? You may be Puerto Rican,
1: but these movies are Sorta Rican. <laughs> just saying in the beginning scene this guy he's like like ranting to these vampires you know and this was the fucking west ivy clint eastwood this was tokyo i'd be fucking godzilla or some shit the dialogue was super corny. i was like oh god here we go and then he takes one of the g- vampire girls now do they know that they were vampires <laughs> you're asking me to I <laughs> i'm just in th- look I get it.
0: I'm Polish. I'm dumb as fuck. All right. I just dissed my whole entire ethnicity right there. Okay. There's a stereotype that we are dumb as fuck. All right. How the fuck am I supposed to decipher what's going on? I can't, I can't even like make heads or tails of who's a vampire and who's a biker and if if, if a biker actually took hold of it. What what happened to the to detectives?
1: I I don't I don't know. I don't know but then they they take one of the I'm still talking about the beginning sequence they take one of the girls she goes for a joyride I guess with one of the bikers she bites him on the neck and then he crashes the bike why the fuck would you bite this guy while he's driving I mean you still want to bite the guy and get out of there safely right (laughs) why would you take that risk
0: yeah but vampires I think are impervious to damage right maybe they they would survive Eh, bullshit. Not in this
1: movie. All, if only they had, they would have the budget to show up them actually crashing the bike. Him oh. being cleaned up and then healing up. We got none of that. In fact, we didn't get any drastic death scenes. It was Everything was done off camera. Do you remember the scene when they were in the park? He was talking, and then he, like, snapped on his guys. He gave that one guy a clothesline, and then he jumped up on the tree. I'm like, wait a minute. If he's a vampire, why is he walking in broad daylight?
0: The fact that you said bullshit not from this movie yeah we are dealing with a bullshit movie those two terms really come intertwined with each other when we're talking about vamp bikers i can't i can't say much because the i don't know what the plot is i don't the plot I, says in wikipedia some or whatever i read it from that they there's a an empty factory that they take over okay no factory. I don't even think the word "factory" even like was uttered out of anybody's mouth. And if it was, it was uttered during a time when the music was playing so fucking loud you couldn't hear the
1: dialogue. The Wikipedia doesn't even know what this movie's about. I... And then we get introduced to these two uh, quirky detectives. <laughs> and then when they go talk to their, I think their commissioner, their de- their their boss, they sit in this small ass room. <laughs> With a pe with a table the size of a pizza box, and the when they put the pizza box on there, it's covering up the whole table. I'm like, how can anyone work in this small ass circle? So Dude, what room what are they in Are they in the bank?
0: I would have entrusted Beavis and Butthead to be the detectives. I mean at least you could've gotten Butthead to like go up to one of the, the, the vampire chicks and be like, uh, hey baby. Would you like suck the blood out of me? Or something of mine? if you know
1: what I mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would have trusted buse and Bahe to pick out the set designs more than uh, this
0: guy. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't comment on this movie because I don't know what it was about. I'm still trying to pick out what it was about. What was it about? I don't know. There were vampires. There was a lot of them. But... I've seen vampire movies that were way better, well done than this one. I mean, uh, Lost Boys is the perfect example of a vampire movie done well.
1: Nosferatu, another one. Yeah, yeah, and that was, and that was silent, and that was done better. Yeah. That was subtle yeah. silent no. and I could, and I can hear the sound better in that movie than I did with this one. Nosferatu. Had the disadvantage of not
0: being able to tell you dialogue through sound. It had to tell you through text, and it gave a better indication of what was going on than this movie, which was made
1: almost a hundred years after Nosferatu. Look, Eric. uh, er, Look, look, pal. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to direct. He doesn't know how to edit. He doesn't know lighting. He doesn't know how to do sound. I mean, this, again, the audio sounds were so awful. It was just so... Oh, my God. This movie is everywhere. There's no pacing. It's just a big, fat, fucking, convoluted mess. Yeah. That's it. Two
0: Be down. grateful
1: that we even took the time to see your shitty movie. I don't care if he's hearing this. I do not care. It sucks. I'm going to say it. I'm going to scream it. I can't scream. I got people sleeping. But this movie fucking sucks. Yeah, where's Roger Ebert to give his thumbs down? He can't because Roger Ebert didn't see the movie because no one saw this movie. <laughs> Except him, he was the only one that rated it.
0: Roger Ebert, consider yourself lucky that you did not have to watch this abomination. Same with, same goes to you, Gene Siskel.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure this shit, movie has a bunch of other stupid shit I'm not thinking about right now. Oh, yeah, when they go out joyriding... Oh, you got this vampire sticking his head out the window. So as they're driving by, they just bite random people.
0: I don't know. It's 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 scenes. It's scenes of vampires just biting people and 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 saying words that don't connect into coherent sentences. That's really all it is.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not watching the other two movies. I can't. This was no. this was hard for me to sit through. Same. Um, it was. It, Lords of Salem was pretty hard to sit through, and,
0: and that pissed me off. I mean, it has, the, the only thing that I had to give this movie one thing is that it didn't anger me as much as Lords of Salem did.
1: No, this movie just, it was very boring. It just bored me to death. Like 15 minutes in, I was like, oh, fine, I got another hour of this shit.
0: Yeah, that was another thing. It was like 45 minutes in, I'm just like, we're not even an hour into this. I felt like an attorney went by.
1: Again, nothing makes sense, the pacing is everywhere, when we get to the flashback scenes, when 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 you do a flashback scene in the movie, you need to add some type of, like, filter to, like, for us to know, like, this is a flashback scene. Like, when when you watch a movie, someone is, like, dreaming, they will make the screen, like, a bit wavy, or they add some type of, like, outside filter to make you know that you're watching a dream sequence. This movie didn't do that. I don't even know what the hell they did in post production when it came to sound because it seems like everything was recorded once they hit their little record button on their on their uh, video camera or
0: their potatoes that they used for cameras. Yeah,
1: you know, or the little Fisher Price potato camera they used?
0: What what's left there to say? It's it's a movie, and I turn I use that term very very loosely. And uh, yeah, it's
1: got vampires. If you like vampires, it's hey. not. It's a piece of shit. It's not a movie. This this will be an insult to movies. That's this an guy, insult. This guy has no idea what he's doing. Don't ever make a movie ever again. Don't see these movies. I'm telling you seriously, from me, do not watch this movie. I made a mistake, a big mistake.
0: Literally, you you just insulted pizza by saying pizza shit. <laughs> Dang. Credit to the nerd
1: for that one. Fuck, that was a bad movie, dude. Look, we're going well, to make mistakes when it comes to picking these movies. We just hope we get something good out of it. Well, hold on, hold on, hold up. What's this we? <laughs> you picked this movie out. I did. <laughs> because I said, oh, we got a Puerto Rican director. Oh, great. Instead, he turned out to be the Puerto Rican Tommy Wiseau. See, hold on. Tommy Wiseau is a legend. <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to argue
0: that. Uh. So far, you've recommended Vamp Bikers and Lords of Sailor. Your credibility is really in peril right now.
1: <laughs> Just saying. It's all right. So I'll get to one of your movies then. What, what do you got for us, Monoxide? I, I picked great classics. Killer Pinata. Oh, you didn't I pick know, that. I was recommended to us. Listen,
0: you. That is my movie, and I'm sticking to it. Alright? I remember
1: picking Silence of the Lambs. Okay. That already trumps your list right there, okay? Wait, wait, wait. That's the case. We picked the crow. Who's this we? I'm talking more so like independent movies that we picked that really no one has seen. I'm not counting Silence of the Lambs. I'm not counting the crow. I'm not even... I'll give you the final. I'll give you that one. Okay. I just recommended the movie we're about to talk about right now. And what's that? Woodchipper Massacre. Why don't you go into great detail how you found this movie what the hell this is about? This movie
0: I actually discovered from a YouTube user by the name of The Cinema Stop. He, uh, this was before he was part of the, uh, what, what do they call that? This, this is that uh, Channel Awesome? Okay. Yes. This was way before that. This is when he was really starting his Cinema Snob character. So I saw that I had seen three reviews of his, this being one of them. The other one, which is definitely going to be on our list, we just got to find it, and I'll say it right now. The other movie review that he did was Black Devil Doll from Hell. We are definitely going to find this movie somewhere to watch (laughs) it. I saw a clip, because Cinema Snob, would, when he reviewed stuff, he would leave clips in there. And I'm just like... I have to watch this now. Prior to this review, I watched it once prior, and I was just looking, you know, because you know me. I, I I have great taste in movies. Let's 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 just state that obvious fact. So I'm like, I got to find this movie, Woodchipper Massacre, and rewatch it, cause I'm almost certain this would fit into my taste of high quality, high profile action. And eventually I found a link that had the full movie. I sent it to you, and you were just like, let's do a double review. I'm like, okay, watch Vamp Bikers, you already heard our opinion there. Rewatched this. This is a masterpiece, in more ways than one. William Shakespeare would be shitting his pants, knowing full well that if he was standing in front of the person that wrote this film, their credibility would be in great peril, knowing that they could not match up to the quality of writing that is Woodchipper Massacre. Take that to the bank.
1: Look, any scene in Macbeth fails to Tom's air guitar scene when he was doing it in his bedroom. Yes. All right. Hold on, hold on. Allow me.
0: Allow me. So. The film <laughs> The film is not what you think it is. Because you hear know the title Woodchipper Massacre, you think that somebody uses a wood chipper to kill people or a woodchipper is haunted and it's just devouring humans. It is not that at all. What it is is it involves three kids who for whatever reason do not have the concept of an indoor voice whatsoever, because they're shouting throughout this whole film. (laughs) Specifically the women. The girls. (laughs) They have no concept. I I think um, they have something wrong with their larynx. They have like, what do they call that? Like where they have no control into like lowering their voice. I think that's the problem. So anyways, they have to be babysat by their their aunt, who has more rules and dictatorship than Benito Mussolini could ever dream of. Like, literally, he'd be pissing himself at the presence of this woman. Adolf Hitler, man, he ain't got no game compared to this aunt. No, Miss Trunchbull looks like a teacher's pet compared to this aunt. (laughs) This aunt comes in, feeds them, I mean, at least Miss Trunchbull fed uh, Bruce a chocolate cake everyone <laughs> <loves> it. <laughs> what did this aunt feed them we don't know i don't know the quality was bad <laughs> but there's one point where the oldest one who literally could pass for an adult says he's going out on a date and the aunt basically says that this woman this girl who she's never met keep in mind she's never met this girl doesn't know her from a hole in the wall Insinuates that this woman is going to infest this boy's mind with, with vile stuff and become, like, a rebel to society and will not have it. And basically forbids him from going out on this date. He obliges for some reason. I don't know. He's a pussy. Um, but here's where the movie takes a sharp turn. A- and no and I meant the pun. pun. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> I didn't mean the pun. So, the youngest one. He's like this nerd. He's got like these thick... He literally looks like Daniel Radcliffe if he had uh, red hair. And braces. Yeah. And in fact, the oldest brother kind of looks like Bruce Campbell in a way. Not totally. He still needs a chin. But So, the youngest one bought some sort of Rambo knife. And now the aunt, being the dictator that she is, wants to take the knife from him. So they both grab the knife, they're struggling over it, and she accidentally gets stabbed and dies. So rather than call the police, they decide to dismember the body and throw it in a wood chipper. Now, these kids are under 18, you would think that chopping up a body would be a pretty traumatic experience. They don't get nauseous, they don't blink, they don't think twice about it. Matter of fact, the next day they're eating breakfast, talking about a dream that they had. It's almost like these kids are sociopathic these kids are way more dangerous than michael myers i mean at least you know michael myers is a fucking crazy lunatic these three kids just look like any other three kids matter of fact when the woman is literally on the floor dead the middle child the girl the loud one who has no concept of an indoor voice gets a call from a boy by the name of mark taylor Asking her out on a date and wants her older brother to drive her to meet up with him at the movie theater. As there's a dead body on the
1: floor. It is incredible. Incredible. By the way, there's no blood coming out of the aunt as their body's laying there with a knife impaled in her stomach. I noticed that. This is like the clean, this is like the cleanest job they've ever done. And I love how they're struggling to carry the body. I'm like, this is like a small-ass old lady. How about she weigh? So, here's the other thing.
0: We can't even excuse No Blood saying, oh, well, maybe they wanted to kind of PG it or kind of keep it under the R rating. Except for the fact that the son of the aunt, who just got out of jail, and, and he's a real piece of work. He's meant to be like a real bad apple. He, like... The word fuck comes out of his mouth God knows how many times As well as the word shit I think he put seven fucks In a five word sentence at one point There's no way this movie couldn't be rated R If it was released in theaters (laughs) The thought of this movie in theaters I mean, (laughs) no theater can handle this This would break Avatar box office records I'm just saying The point is Is that (laughs) The movie ain't even really about A haunted woodchipper It's about A plot that these kids came up with so that they can hide the aunt that they accidentally killed. Which, theoretically, would anybody have missed the aunt? Because this aunt was a real... Us Americans like to use the term bitch, but sometimes outside of our country, they use the C word. And it's more acceptable there than here. She's definitely that!
1: The whole story makes no sense. First of all, you have the son who looks like he's 21. Then you have the sister who's old enough to at least probably be, I'd say, 8th grade or maybe even high school. So these two kids are obviously responsible enough to babysit themselves or their little brother. So why do they need an older aunt just to watch them for two, what, two days?
0: Well, hold up. I can answer that. See, oh. you said this movie makes no sense. That is a lie. Everything is tied together. you do got to understand something. You just said it. She's old enough to be in high school sons still in love to be 21. Do you think the father would trust these two young individuals to not throw parties at the house? Or invite some bad apples? That's something you should think about.
1: Would you like to know the budget for this film? I actually would. $400. $400 well spent. And you know where that money went to? The wood chipper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These people literally (laughs) take
0: lessons. They save a lot of money. Buy low sell high.
1: (laughs) The opening scene, um, when the son's talking to the father and the father mentions, I gotta have this wood chipper back by Monday. So make sure you know you get everything done. That's actually true. The they only had a weekend to have that chipper rent. They only rented it for that weekend. So they literally had to get all their scenes done that weekend before returning the woodchipper back to whatever hardware store they rented it from. Hey, what are you doing Saturday? I don't know. Let's go make a movie. (laughs) So I got the woodchipper. A whole movie, nonetheless. (laughs) A whole 80-minute movie.
0: $400 went into the woodchipper. There was no money spent on camera equipment, tapes, costumes, none of the like. to tell me that they already had that at their disposal
1: i guess i guess so john mcbride who's the college kid he was the director of this and the and the writer as well
0: john mcbride wherever you are you are a great man for this film i applaud you please come on our podcast so i can like interview you and ask you your thoughts on this you this was you and the guy who made killer pinata you guys are great men This movie is a wholesome classic that I I cherish. My wife cherishes as well. She looks at me and she's like, "You're damn right."
1: Would you like to know the character names of this movie?
0: Uh, isn't it the same as their act uh, real names? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's Uh, how much went into this. They did the same thing with uh, Blair Witch. Yeah. Trying to Yeah both Blair Witches in fact both Blair Witch 2 did the same thing They used their actual names. Um, there wasn't that many roles in this film You had the three kids You had the aunt You had the father and then you had the son of the aunt That was it
1: I love <laughs> how the opening sequence They show like all these tools In the shed But yet mm-hmm. none of them ever get used in the movie
0: <laughs> it Wasn't a baseball bat Used to hit the oldest
1: I think so then then we get a shot of the wood chippers. They do like a round shell, like it's this big epic thing. And then the screen goes red as we go to our opening credits. Wouldn't it make sense to do the opening credits while you're showing the scene with the tools and, and the wood chippers just to get all that out of the way?
0: You know what this movie reminds me of? It reminds me of the movie Carrie. In a what? way. That, well, hold up. L- listen to what I'm about to say. It reminds me of Carrie because. They're both classified as horror films. But yet, until like near the end, there's nothing horror about them. It's all happy music. When you watch Carrie, if I was to tell you watch Carrie and tell you nothing about it, you don't watch it and be like, is this really a horror flick? Because throughout the whole film, it's just Carrie, yeah, she gets picked on. She has a crazy mother, but you wouldn't think it's hard Like It isn't until the pig's blood gets thrown onto her and then she starts using her telekinesis against everybody. But there's, like, happy music. This movie is the same thing. Every time the guy goes into his car, there's, like, happy music playing. <laughs> you got the little boy playing the air guitar and all that. It isn't, it isn't until, like, later in the film when the, the, the son of the aunt comes in. Okay, yeah, granted, the aunt gets stabbed and all that. But it doesn't really become more horror-esque, quote-unquote, until the son gets involved and starts, like, demanding money because he owed some, I guess, some loan shark, some money that he was behind on?
1: Yeah, he needed money to pay off whoever, and then they ended up killing him. How did he find this house? I don't know. I don't know if his mother threw him a heads up that, hey, I'm going to be staying here. Once you get out, come on over.
0: (laughs) And here's the thing. There's one part in the movie where the father asks, oh, can I speak to your aunt? And the daughter basically goes, ah, uh, you can't right now because she's dead. Like she couldn't <laughs> think of another word. And the father's just like, oh yeah, she must be taking a nap. <laughs> I don't remember anybody, whether it be myself or anybody I knew personally, when they said that somebody was taking a nap using the term dead, just straight dead. Maybe dead
1: asleep, not dead. She just said dead. She didn't say dead asleep or taking a dead nap. Nothing. No, she's dead. dead. And the father was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Here's
0: something that they didn't deduce. They came up with the scheme where they basically said that the aunt, oh, well, we'll just say that the aunt, like, went away or whatever. She had to go take care of some matters and she she's not she left for us to take care of ourselves they didn't deduce the fact that at some point somebody's going to want to know where the hell they are and they haven't turned up and their remains have never been found i mean they do clarify in the beginning of the film that most people go missing and their bodies are never found and the cases get dropped and this is one of those stories but it's just interesting that it's coming from children
1: yeah, yeah, children that aren't even like scarred or harmed by what they did. That's that's the horror, Steve. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> okay, it's still a great film Me, way it's this is a classic, especially at the point where the girl and uh, Kim that's the guy who wants the money when they start having their back and forth. You can clearly tell that the girl's reading through cue cards because she's not looking at him in the, <laughs> the eyes. She's looking down. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. And she does it twice. Not just that scene, but in a later scene when he's demanding more
1: money. <laughs> so so just, probably John's down there giving her the cue cards and giving her, her, line, her lines. How does no one, how do you look at this film and not think classic? I think cult classic. Why does it have to be a. Cl- it's classic. It's just straight classic. no, nothing to do with cults. I'm not a well, cult leader. No, no, but it has its audience, yes, like people like you. I did get a kick out of this more so than. I, I am,
0: people man, like me? What are you trying to say?
1: I'm trying to say that you obviously, this is your kind of movie.
0: Yeah, but how would you define people like me?
1: People who like these kind of movies And what's the name of those people? I don't have a name for them specifically But there is an audience where people like these kind of movies
0: You watch your tone Because one of these days You're going to come up with a term For people like me And I'm going to end your whole career (laughs) Just saying
1: Well, I have to thank you for uh, I don't know if I should even thank you or I have to thank you and apologize to you at the same time. Thank you for Why? showing me this, and I apologize for vampires.
0: Okay. Yes, you can. You can bow to my altar if you want. I ain't gonna do all that. I gave you a fucking classic, and I don't even get a bowing to my altar for bringing this classic to your attention. Oh, by the way, the mo- You want to know how the movie ends? We didn't even get to talk about that.
1: Oh, the ending. Yeah, yeah. was, yeah.
0: So the ending is, keep in mind, this movie was filmed in Connecticut. Because we saw the train and I thought it was familiar because the train kind of looked familiar and it was the Metro North, which connects to um, New York and all that. So like if you go to Grand Central, you can take a train from Grand Central in Manhattan and take it all the way to Stanford and all that. Although I don't know if it's filmed in Stanford. Not the point. But the film ends where the father comes home they do their usual lie. Yeah, yeah, she went away. And eh, she figured you wouldn't mind if we watched over for a couple hours. They walk in and they peer down. And there's the ring of the aunt. Because earlier in the film, she would take her ring off to remove the stuffing of a chicken. Which, keep in mind, there's one part in the film where the aunt is telling the daughter to start uh, taking out the heart. And the liver and all that from the chicken. She's all grows down. She pulls out, like, I don't know what in her hand. It looked like actual cooked liver or, like, chopped liver or whatever in her hand. But anyways, the ring played a symbolism because when they killed the aunt, they forgot to dispose the ring. So when the son comes over, he sees the ring, and I don't know if he was going to sell it or whatever or just keep it. But the point is, at the very end, they go down to the grass. They still see the blood with the ring. I don't know if that was supposed to play symbolism in the fact they didn't really erase all their tracks.
1: Yes, they didn't. They didn't erase all the evidence. I mean, there's still blood there in the leaves. You got the ring. I'm pretty sure there's guts inside the wood chipper. All I'll say is, this kind of
0: alluded to the fact you could, could theoretically make a sequel. To the guy, what's his name? John McBride, or whatever. John McBride, McBride, whatever. Wherever. He, don't do not downplay this. This is important, <laughs> Mr. McBride. If you are hearing this, you left an open door to possibly the greatest sequel that could ever be devised. Better than Godfather Part Two. Better than Terminator Part Two. Better than The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight would look like the Dork Knight if you make a sequel to this. Please, for all intents and purposes, fill in that gap. Fill in that hole. Bring the cast back. They may be much older, but you have potential to really captivate the American audience.
1: We could CGI to make them look younger.
0: I mean, yeah, they did it for The Rock and Kevin Hart in that one movie they did.
1: Yeah. Uh, This isn't the only film he's directed. He's directed 10 other movies. Bless
0: this man's heart.
1: His most recent was in 2005, Black Mass.
0: Hmm. I thought I read somewhere that the youngest boy was actually a TV writer. He wrote for plenty of TV shows.
1: Tom Cassiano. He wrote for The Young and the Restless. Oh, my Uh, God so opera, yeah the old uh, he's done a lot of shorts uh, yeah days of our lives one life to live as the world turns so yeah wow especially young the rest. Of it, he did like ninety three episodes shit so see we, we got we got a young Shakespeare on set what did I say
0: earlier Shakespeare will <laughs> be shitting in his pants sure enough that's exactly what's going on right now I wrong I mean Homer couldn't write a fucking Story like this, all he could talk about was Scylla and Charybdis and and all these weird monsters, these cyclop monsters and these little birds that sing. What kind of fucking shit is that? Or what was it that that reporter that turns ghetto in three seconds? The fuck
1: is that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. Any final thoughts on this movie? Wow. That you haven't already said.
0: Okay. Let me see. Can I just describe this film in my final thoughts? Um, if I had to say, which was better, this or Killer Piñata? This is kind of like, for me, Steve Austin and The Rock. You know, two entities that are just so unparalleled to each other. You can't really say who is better than the other because they both bring a charm to them. These literally define attitude, except one came in the eighties and one came in the 2010s. All I'm saying is this film will captivate your heart, captivate your soul, captivate your liver, your stomach, your brains. This is almost one of the most perfect horror films, bar not. I give it three thumbs up. I'll find a third thumb to stick up. Your dick. Did you say use my dick? Yeah. I said your dick.
1: <laughs> okay, I thought you were calling me a dick. Okay. Easy, <laughs> easy. For me, I mean, this film is like the definition of good bad acting. There's no bad.
0: Maybe Michael Jackson bad, but it's
1: <laughs> the, as you mentioned, they talk so loud. It's almost like he said, "Just talk loud, just so I can get it on camera." Because there were scenes in this film, I guess it like came off mute in some cases. I don't know why. I, again, that's what happens when all your budget goes to the fucking wood chipper. <laughs>
0: even bothered to build one, they had to the rent one. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie to death. Somewhere so much <laughs> so <laughs> they went and fucking rented a loot chipper. A moon chipper did, they didn't even use like
1: for real Maybe I don't know. They're really used to Oh my god. I'm gonna <laughs> the crash through to film a movie in two days. How do you like that? I don't know if that's smart work that you've got all this done in such a short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Wait, where did you buy the music then? Like, was that part of the budget? Um, I, I don't think so. The music was also done by John McBride.
0: What all? Wow, so he's a musician, he's a director, he's a writer, he's an actor. Like, what? This dude's like a human pocket knife. He can
1: do everything. He can do it. At, watch, watch out, War baby. We got we got a new guy in town to do everything. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: thought Charlie Chaplin was multitasking, man. Charlie Chaplin, fuck! Chaplin edit his movies? No, this guy did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! And Charlie Chaplin had to spend more money. What a fool! What a fool! (laughs) Charlie Chaplin had to spend money and had to take days. (laughs) Guy got it done in two days and only spent four hundred dollars on a wood (laughs) chip. i love it i
1: love it i got i got nothing else to say I, wood chipper massacre ladies and gentlemen 1988 directed by john mclyde all i gotta say is i guess I, i'll just promote the patreon uh patreon.com slash just network you can listen to this full episode for one dollar one dollar along with the other great past episodes Please, for the love of God, you have to check out Woodchipper Massacre. Uh, skip Bikers; it's not worth it. Thank God we actually had this movie to fall back on because as you just heard me a minute ago, I couldn't control myself. One dollar for Patreon, that's $399 less
0: than the cost of the movie that was made for Woodchipper Massacre, think about that. So John McBride, throughout this film, I think is a hero amongst many for one reason. Throughout the whole film There was one term he kept Always saying was Oh wow It was almost like as if Owen Wilson Watched this film and inspired his whole entire Career off of John McBride Because he just sees a body And he's like oh wow What a bummer There's even one part where He kills Kim and he goes wow What a geek <laughs> like there are no words. This film not only was on a budget and saved itself two days of filming, but it literally spring the career of Owen Wilson. So, to all you fans of Owen Wilson, thank Woodchipper Massacre, because John McBride gave Owen Wilson the platform to basically spring vault his career into Star
1: not just Owen Wilson, but I like to name drop someone else. Um, I like to name drop the Coen brothers. In the movie Fargo, towards the end of the film, the man is uh, dismembering, trying to get rid of all the body evidence by putting them in a wood chipper. I'm just saying, wood chipper did it first. So the Coen brothers have seen this movie and said... I wanted, we want to do this for Fargo. Fargo went on to win, I don't know if they won any Academy Awards, but it definitely uh, took home Best Actress. And Francis McDormand couldn't have done it without John McBride. The John Coen McBride brothers couldn't have done it without John McBride. John McBride's a hero. He's a hero to us all.
0: He's the Nikola Tesla of movies. A guy who created so much work and it's unrecognized.